This week's podcast is sponsored by Direction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Piras, who joins me pretty much every week. Uh, and uh, he is a portfolio manager over at O'Neill Global Advisors. How are you doing, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin. It looks like you have a different background. There's no uh, offending USC and uh, Raiders helmets in the background. So that's, that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's, it's nice and neutral for you now. I'm, I'm <laughs> nice in Cincinnati, neutral, Ohio. Exactly. Just what I was looking for. Um, yeah. So, and then joining us on the show today as our special guest, uh, it's it's April 26, 2023. And we've got Ken Shreve, who is a senior markets writer at Investors Business Daily. And gosh, Ken, you've been there for a long time now. I, I know, I remember when I first started in customer service, you were in the back, you were answering emails, you were on the education department. And of course, those emails were coming through AOL.com. <laughs> back in those days, uh, we had investors.com. We did own the website and uh, it was like a single page that just basically said, here's what Can Slim is. So uh, yeah, Ken, those, Ken uh, yeah, uh, those, back. Those were the days. Uh, yeah, I actually first came to uh, IBD mid to late 90s, right in the middle towards the tail end of that uh, that great bull market of, of the 90s. Uh, certainly have uh, known you and uh, Arusha for uh, for quite quite some time. So glad to be with you guys as always. Yeah, good to have you, Ken. So we'll be uh, taking a look at the markets, of course, as we always do. It's uh, ever-changing, and uh, this week has certainly added some extra complexity to the market outlook. Uh, we'll also have a deeper dive into healthcare. Uh, Ken's going to take a look at some of the medical stocks, how they're holding up, and then, of course, we'll finish up with a look at some specific stocks that are on, Ken, on Ken's radar. So uh, let's go ahead and start out with the NASDAQ. You know, the NASDAQ, of course, was getting all the attention because it was the strongest of the indexes, uh, but we've been talking about on IBD Live, on the podcast, uh, wherever we can, how the indexes have been masking some weakness underneath the surface, and it seems like that weakness kind of came to the forefront this week. Uh, what do you? What's your take here, Ken? Well, yeah, it was uh, it was a tough session uh, for the market on uh, on Tuesday when we had that uh, pretty violent sell off. It was pretty pretty amazing that we didn't get higher volume on the Nasdaq, so we yeah. somehow avoided a, a distribution day uh, a Tuesday. And then we had that strong earnings report from Microsoft, and the Nasdaq was up, uh, you know, one point four percent intraday, and it uh, really couldn't hold hold that uh, gain. I think it closed uh, higher by four tenths, five tenths of a percent, or something like that. So, and that was a, a pretty solid quarter from. Uh, from Microsoft, so uh, we're going to get a lot more uh, earnings earnings reports uh, to come. Uh, we still have uh, Apple, uh, seeing Meta trading uh, nicely higher in um, after they reported uh, earnings. So, uh, market looks vulnerable here, though. No question, uh, no question about it. We still have a, a fairly mild uh, distribution day count: three on the Nasdaq and two on the S and P 500. Uh, but uh, again, just kind of below below the surface, you're you're just seeing a lot of uh, a lot of lackluster action. And even uh, when the Nasdaq was up sharply after Microsoft's uh, earnings, uh, breath was still uh, yeah. still couldn't turn quite positive. It was either flat or or slightly uh, negative. So, breath is an issue here and. And uh, the risk risk level has been elevated for a while, and it's just a little more elevated now. I think. Yeah, Ken, I think you, uh, you you nailed it right there. I mean, this was a this has been a narrow rally, and it keeps to get more and more narrow. And maybe it's it's like maybe the the the, the last 
four remaining, right? The large cap tech stocks are going to try to carry this NASDAQ higher here. But um, so how how should listeners or how, how do you kind of balance this where it just seems to be getting more and more narrow, a little bit more distribution days are coming up. We broke the 21-day moving average, which is so important uh, with the way we, we analyze the markets. You know, how, how, uh, how are you handling this type of environment? Well, as a as a member of the leaderboard uh, team, and, and Justin is involved uh, as well. You know, we we have been uh, lowering uh, exposure. We we got up uh, we got up I think close to seventy percent uh, not that long ago, but have uh, scaled back to a little below fifty percent I think uh, at this point. So uh, we have some uh, some names that are still working that we're uh, that we're willing to spend some some time with. But uh, you know, we did a lot of trimming. Uh, trimming on Tuesday when the market was uh, was was selling off. So it's really just a, a, a time to be, uh, you know, favoring a, a pretty decent uh, cash position. And, you know, even though we're, we're still in a confirmed uptrend, the uptrend is under some uh, some some pressure here. Um, you know, just uh, it's just become a, a more difficult uh, environment uh, to make money in stock. So um, you hear the expression of stock pickers uh, market. It probably is that and you can find some things out there that are that are working. But when you when you buy a good setup and you're just not sure what where the stock is going to go, is it going to reverse in heavy volume? Is it going to uh, act well? It's just a tough, uh, tough, tough environment. So a little bit of exposure uh, makes uh, makes sense. But uh Taking some money off the table here, uh, you know, also also makes sense, especially in some of your uh, big winners. You may not want to sell all of it, but you can, you know, raise some raise some cash and just uh, play a little defense. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of leaderboard, I mean, uh, you know, one of the reasons for the higher level of exposure was because a lot of the stocks were working. We had mm-hmm. we had gains on them, but we were very quickly seeing a lot of those gains deteriorate. I mean, just look at ALGM. Uh, as as an example, you know we had a nice nice cushion on this. Uh, I think you know thirty percent gain at some point, and it just uh, you know it, it came down forty five, which wasn't too concerning. Looked like it was going to get support at the fifty day moving average line, and then it just started really you know coming down uh, a, a lot sharper, um, you know pretty quickly. And so you know it, it's it's that kind of shift in something that was looking so strong just all of a sudden kind of turning turning tail uh that's that's kind of the treachery of this market right now yeah definitely and uh, i think you know chip stocks are, are looking vulnerable obviously algm is in uh, a lot of trouble firmly below the the 50-day moving average uh even a name like uh, rambus which uh, delivered a really really strong uh breakout in uh, in heavy volume and looked like it was gonna hold the hold those gains that one really got uh Got got dragged down uh, during Tuesday's uh, sell-off and really didn't make uh, you know tried to rally back above the 50-day moving average and kind of closed uh, off high. So the chip stocks are are looking uh, you know vulnerable here. Um, but uh, again, you know this uh, this whole this whole healthcare uh, theme and, and medical sector, we still have a lot of. A lot of groups that rank up near the the top of our 197 industry group rankings, and I think it uh, you know still probably an area of the market if if uh, high multiple tech stocks are are going to be you know under under pressure here, it's uh, probably not a bad sector to to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's good that you're bringing up the healthcare sector because not only is it timely, but it also I, it probably gives a little bit more indication of of the market itself. We're seeing a number of these semiconductors, a number of the tech stocks starting to collapse. 
Meanwhile, you're starting to see the healthcare, staples, utilities starting to act better. So we're having that rotation, but I'm not sure if it's good for our type of stocks or our type of environment. Right. Yeah, and yeah, you know, this is a market. You know, Justin and I joke, you know, we're we're on IBD Live, and we're you know, we're going to be talking gold stocks because gold gold yes, stocks exactly. are not performing, yeah. and the consumer <laughs> the consumer staples, and uh, you know your hospital stocks and things. So to technology stocks, you know, under under pressure here, you know, it's possible that you know we we could continue to see a rotation, which makes the the healthcare sector, uh, medical sector look uh, look as interesting as, as it has, there's still a lot of good stocks uh, setting up there. And it's, uh, you know, if you want to want to play defense, it's a pretty good sector to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit, maybe getting back to the indexes. Um, one of the things that was looking attractive and a little enticing was how tight they were starting to trade. I mean, you look at the NASDAQ uh, composite and it, it seemed like you know, this this extra volatility was kind of settling down. Um, if you looked at the VIX uh, before, you know, before today, you or before the last couple days, you were down, you know, almost at 16. So a, a very low level before it kind of shot up over the last few days. Um, and again, that was even with the backdrop of a recent banking, you know, crisis and and all of these things just really didn't seem to shake things. And here we were tightening up on the indexes. Um, what 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 does that say to you? Like that that tight action and then the break uh, that we had yesterday. Um, well, I mean, the, it, just looking at the Nasdaq, you know, when it hit that high of twelve thousand two twenty seven, and then it, it it really was kind of a gentle a gentle pullback to the basically the twenty one day uh, moving average, and it it was holding there. It was holding the twelve thousand level, and it was frankly a setup that I think. It, could have could have delivered a nice uh, a nice upside uh, breakout, but it just didn't uh, it didn't materialize. Uh, again, we had the you know big sellers come into the market uh, you know Tuesday. We didn't get uh, a lot of volume, like I said on the Nasdaq. But that trip right down to the 50-day moving average was sort of like a a warning shot. So the the technical picture changed in in one day, and that was uh, that was on Tuesday during that uh, sharp uh, sharp decline. So. Um, you know, still, still holding here, uh, and a breakout over twelve thousand is still possible. Uh, we're just going to need to see signs that uh, you know institutional money is coming in from the sidelines. We really have not not seen a whole lot of that, frankly, uh, in, for some time. Mm-hmm. And taking a look at the S and P five hundred, any anything to add here? I mean, the S and P five hundred started looking a little bit stronger, and I mean, it certainly uh, was holding its twenty one day moving average line. Um, a little bit better until yesterday, uh, still has a little bit more space above its 50-day moving average line, but um, it was down today, whereas the NASDAQ composite was still up. Again, probably indicative of what was happening with some of the mega cap uh, Microsofts and, uh, and so on. Yeah, looks like uh, looks like we got lower volume uh, Wednesday, so uh, we might have avoided the second straight distribution day for the S and P 500. But uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a test of the 50-day moving average. Either it's going to bounce and find support, and if it does, uh, you know, you'd like to see some uh, some volume uh, when it when it finds support. You want to see signs that the kind of big money is is buying. So uh, the the test of the the 50-day looks uh, imminent. Uh, the 4,000 level is just below that round number, just below the 50-day moving average. So it's kind of you know, do or do or die time here for the S and P five hundred as well. Yeah, and what, what's interesting, we, we only recently started to pick up some distribution day in the S and P. It seemed like the the distribution day was going more towards the Nasdaq side, 
over the last, well, I guess since the, the falter day. Um, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah. We had, uh, uh, we had, we had kind of like a, a clustering of uh, distribution mm-hmm. days. It was between April 5th and April 12th. It was just a, over, yep. you know, several, several days where we saw three of them and uh, two of them were, you know, one was down 1.1%. The other was down 0.8.9%. The other one was fairly mild down uh, four tenths of a percent. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't look like a, a market right now that's under major distribution. Um, but again, it's just looking, uh, looking a little vulnerable here. And uh, we're hoping that, uh, you know, tech earnings are going to, you know, lift uh, lift the market up here, but that that might be a big uh, it might be a big ask because the numbers were were pretty strong from uh, from Microsoft and their guidance was uh, was was pretty strong at least revenue guidance and uh, you know the stock was up seven percent. It uh, you know definitely sellers knocked the stock off its uh, high high for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know maybe I think because the, the indexes are, are showing one obviously one aspect of what's going on. But, but as you said earlier, Ken, it is masking a lot of what's under, going underneath the sur- surface. Maybe talk about a little bit more about leaderboard, how you can get that gauge, right? Where are you making some good progress? Because there are times, there, there are times, uh, you know, once every few years where all of a sudden everything lines up or maybe it's a, a few months of the year, everything lines up and things work just really well. And you just start putting on points on the board and you're like, wow. You know, where has this been? Why, how, you know, why isn't it always this easy? Maybe talk a little bit about that, where you're seeing that, like on leaderboard, kind of just the progress or kind of just getting chopped around. Well, it's been a lot of, you know, being chopped around, as I'm sure you can, yeah. uh, you can, you can relate to, and that's what makes uh, sure. the market uh, yep. conditions uh, so, uh, so, so difficult, you know, um, uh, you know, we, we've done well with uh, with on uh, on holding uh, that premium uh, footwear uh, maker. That was uh, an earnings option trade. Uh, Nvidia has been a nice uh, a nice winner for us. So we've got profit cushions in uh, in some select uh, names. But when it comes to kind of new buys within the past uh, week or two, that's where it's been kind of. You know, we've been getting chopped up and really not making much, yeah. uh, much, much progress. Uh, and that uh, that's really your cue, your cue from the market. Uh, if things really aren't working, you, you need to just learn to be be patient and know and know when to kind of sit in cash because, uh, you know, you know, we're in a, a difficult environment right now where you just don't know. You can buy a stock with good fundamentals and, and good technicals. But if there aren't uh, institutions around uh, buying and uh you know, you're not riding their coattails. That it's anyone's guess where the stock is uh, is going to go. So you can follow rules, and which 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 we do. But in this type of market, um, this range bound uh, market, you know, again, if you if you have a 10, 15 percent gain in a stock, you're, you're usually better off uh, selling or or taking a profit because that gain can disappear pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, kind of. It speaks again to this breadth issue. And I mean, Matt Caruso was on last week. He was talking about the new highs versus the new lows. And the new lows are still kind of overwhelming there. Uh, the advanced decline line, uh, you know, if, if we you know take a look at, for instance, GMIAA, uh, that was really looking like it was starting to improve for the NYSE, but, um, you know, kind of took a turn down. For GMIAB uh, on the NASDAQ, that advanced decline line didn't really get, the launch uh, that that the NYSE was having, and so that that one is actually kind of going to new lows. And then it's also probably worth looking at RSP, which is the S and P 500 equal weighted ETF, and you can see a very different picture on this one. Yeah, uh, when when yeah. you take out those mega caps, you know, and, and the heavy weighting that they get, and and put everything on equal footing, 
this, this index is showing a very different picture. This looks like something that, you know, struggled to get to the 50-day moving average line, got turned away right there, and, um, you know, is not, is not looking as healthy. Yeah, I mean, when you just look at the the normal market cap uh, weighted uh, S and P 500 uh, that's still holding above its uh, its 50-day moving average, and then you just look at the S and P 500 with all the stocks equal weighted here, uh, I'll tell you, looking at this chart makes me feel uh, feel uh, good to have a, a healthy uh, cash uh, position. So uh, it's really a, a breath story right now. We need we need to see that uh, we need to see that uh, improve, and uh, we know we know what needs to happen for that uh, to improve, but uh, just so many so many headwinds out there we're right in the middle of first quarter earnings season and you know oh by the way we still have these uh concerns in the financial sector uh uh you know we've got a key reading on inflation uh at the end of the week with the the pce deflator so there's just so many so many moving targets out there uh you can understand why it's been a difficult uh, environment to uh to to make uh, to make headway and the x xlf here you know same so, sort of situation uh Converged uh, moving averages and uh, under under a lot of uh, pressure down what was that five days in a row. Yeah, yep. and probably worth mentioning, you know, uh, the Russell 2000 index. Uh, I mean, it does have a little bit of a heavier weighting in some of these regional banks that have been really struggling. And um, you know, this this just again is a, a very different picture when you're looking at the the, the 2000 small cap index. Um, you know, below the 200-day moving average line, below the 50-day line, and you know, nearing nearing the lows of March, which you know, were undercutting the the lows of December, January. So a, a very very different picture looking at this index. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. So small caps, uh, you know, small caps under under a lot of pressure, and uh, you know, uh, new highs, new lows, not showing what we want. Uh, breadth uh, breadth weakening. Um, you know, you have some some stocks out there that are that are are still working, but those are kind of the uh, the exception, you know, and and, yeah. not, and not the rule. And I think the goal as an individual investor is just to, you know, to have as many things many things working in your favor as as possible. But in this type of market environment, it's a lot more than just good fundamentals and a, and a good chart. Because in this type of market, good fundamentals and a and a good chart often um, don't uh, don't amount uh, don't amount to much. Right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the prospects for the healthcare medical area, some stocks setting up there, but could they suffer from sector rotation? And uh, is this the light at the end of the tunnel that we're looking for? So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Apple, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, along with Arusha Pierce, who joins me every week. He's a portfolio man manager over at O'Neill Global Advisors. And on the show this week, we also have Ken Shreve. He's one of the favorites from IBD Live, one of the co-managers of Leaderboard. He's a senior markets writer at Investors Business Daily, and you know we've been we've been friends for over 25 years now. So, oh my um, God. Ken, yeah, I know it's been it's, it's getting <laughs> up there. Um, so, Ken, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about healthcare now. Um, healthcare, I mean, it's a very broad kind of sector. I mean, you've got uh, on the medical side, you've got the biotechs. Uh, which can be their own animal, uh, just with you know the speculative nature of those, the the FDA announcements, and 
you know, phase three trials, clinical trials, you know, all of the things that can happen there, merger and acquisition activity, um, you know, so much, so much there. You've got the products, you've got the systems equipment, you've got the hospitals, you've got the big drug uh, makers. So how is someone to make sense of all of these different areas in the medical sector and kind of figure out where that strength truly is? Yeah, well, I mean, if you're looking at XL, XLV, I mean, this is uh, this was a pretty pretty sharp drop down to the 200-day moving average. You might think, why would I want to be uh, invested in the healthcare sector? But like you said, Justin, I mean, we have 14 different subgroups uh, in, the, in the healthcare sector. Now, uh, healthcare, medical, kind of synonymous, but we've got 14 subgroups, uh, medical-related uh, sub, subgroups. And there's, there's quite a few that still, you know, rank uh, in the top half of our 197 industry group rankings. So while the uh, XLV has uh, come under some recent uh, recent selling pressure, uh, you know, I'm still seeing a lot of uh, a lot of good setups. And uh, you know, we 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 talk about uh, we, we talk about new a lot when evaluating a stock. And there's just still a lot of good kind of new stories. And some of the, some of these new stories are coming from stocks that have been trading for for a while. But um, you know, so understanding what what a company is doing that that's new, that is kind of expanding market share and driving, you know, market share gains is uh, is is important. So you really need to just get get used to kind of analyzing an individual uh, industry group, finding out how how strong the leadership in the group is. Is it just one or two stocks leading, or are there four or five stocks that are that are showing strength uh, in a particular industry group? So uh, the fact that the the medical sector, the healthcare sector, still has quite a few groups, um, you know, uh, ranking pretty well based on six-month uh, price performance. Uh, I think it still still makes a, it still makes it a, a sector uh, worth uh, watching. A lot of uh, really high-quality names. Mm-hmm. So, Ken, do you generally like to by trying to find the strength, say, within the healthcare sector? Do you generally try to go from industry group down to the stocks or more of the bottoms up approach where you're looking at stocks and noticing, hey, these are all in medical products? Yeah, most of my most of my stock screening, uh, Arusha, is just uh, you know on individual stock basis. So it's not like I'm I'm going to look at a, a sector and go top down and say, okay, who are the top stocks in the sector? I'll, I'll look through screens and you know see which stocks are rising in heavy volume. Uh, just, just which stocks are, are piquing my interest, and uh, if I happen to see several that are in the medical sector or healthcare sector, uh, that might be, you know, that might get me working a little harder to find out uh, other leadership opportunities uh, in in the sector. So I start with the uh, individual uh, stocks, and you know, sometimes it might be as simple as looking on the homepage of investors.com and, you know, the stocks on the move screen and maybe seeing some healthcare names in there, some medical sector names in there, the the IBD 50, the MarketSmith growth 250, but seeing enough uh, good action in uh, several healthcare uh, stocks that uh, tells me it's a a sector that is, uh, you know, still home to a lot of potential uh, market leadership. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting that you say that because, um, in the medical sector, there are a few uh, very large uh, industry groups. You know, for example, the medical biomed biotech uh, in in MarketSmith, we we use a code for that. It's G eight zero six three, and and that that kind of shows you what the biomed biotech area has been been doing. But there's seven hundred ninety one stocks in there, so uh, I I really think that the bottoms up approach is kind of the way to go because uh, if if you're if you're you know, thinking, oh, okay, there's there's something going on here. You know, there 
there's very big disparities sometimes between these stocks and uh, medical products. I mean, that that one is up there, too. There's 140 uh, stocks in that group. Uh, medical systems equipment, there's 75 stocks in that group. So, uh, yeah, a lot of these groups are are kind of in the top number in terms of how many stocks are in the group. And so that can be that can be a factor there uh, in terms of uh, sometimes there's leadership of, let's say, 10, 15 stocks. And unless they're high priced ones, it might not even show up in the industry group. Well, this is a pretty great thing about MarketSmith, too, because we're looking at the biotech uh, group right here, a, a weekly chart. But if you just uh, go over to the right uh, navigation and just go to stocks, uh, stocks and group, and then uh, show, you know, show all component uh, data and you just get, you know, a huge list of uh, stocks uh, in, in the group. And here you can uh, you can sort by relative strength rating. Uh, you can sort by, uh, you know, the dollar amount, how much the stock is up or down on any given day. You can even sort by volume percent change to see, you know, which stocks are uh, are seeing the, the heaviest volume uh, up or down. And you can see volume was uh, very heavy in several uh, several biotech stocks today. So, you know, MarketSmith is a great way to evaluate an, an industry group. Um, if you just go go back to the, the weekly chart, we also list the top five stocks uh, based on their uh, relative strength rating. And, um, and that is, uh, yeah, there you go. And you can see you know these bi bi some of the leading uh, biotechs. Now, I'm not going to talk about any of these names, but some of them are, uh, uh, you know, Vertex uh, got hit with some selling today. But uh, yeah, the biotech group is huge, um, and uh, but I still I still like to look in this group because there are so many so many great stories, so many great pipelines, uh, and there's a lot of profitable uh, biotechs uh, out there as well. And if they're they're not profitable, there are plenty that are showing huge revenue growth uh, thanks to a, a marketed uh, a marketed uh, drug so uh, like this group a lot and you know it's a it's a definitely a place where you can find some nice winners mm -hmm. uh, Rusha, just to kind of get your take because I, I know that you you actually kind of had some some work that you did in the in the medical area and kind of you know some of that research and everything like that um, with some of these speculative names, I mean, I was just noticing as Ken had you, you know, look at the the stocks in the group. I mean, the ones that had some really heavy volume. I mean, they were, you know, they were trading for fifty cents, uh, you know, some right, fifty six exactly. cents, and, and and some of those. So, the the point I'm making here is there's a lot of very speculative names in this area. Um, is there anything that you do to kind of just uh, make sure you're dealing with higher quality and the the, the less you know, a, a little bit lower risk. Yeah, I mean, well, generally, kind of like what Ken said. You know, usually, for me, one of the first areas that I start to go through on the weekend is the the Mark Smith Grow Two Fifty. Mm -hmm. That's that's just casting a wide enough net. And what I'll look there, you, you'll just start seeing the higher quality names within a biotech or medical products start to come into those uh, screens. Uh, so a lot of times that's usually I would fi find it. If I have a, a bunch of time on the weekend, uh, maybe every once in a while I might just quickly scan through some of the biotechs here. But yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these biotechs that are under you know a few bucks, you know I'm I'm just moving on. You know I'm, I'm not really paying too close attention to. I generally I've always done better in higher price stocks, anyways. Yeah. Uh, and so even with the biotechs, you know. I, I think a good screen for me is to sort by the the higher price ones, and then Regeneron's at the top of the list, right? So, um, so that's generally how I do it. I 
I, I prefer to stick with biotechs that actually have earnings and uh, earnings and sales. Mm -hmm. and, and then Ken, about the story, and this is where sometimes it can be a, a little tough because um, I, I always find that there's like this little bit of push and pull. Um, I mean, I it's hard for me to follow a lot of the stuff. I mean, I, I took I took genetics in, in college and, you know, a, a few biology classes. Um, and I really like reading Allison Gatlin stuff because I feel like she does a really good job of breaking down what's going on in in some of these, um, you know, in some of these areas, you know, wh why why their innovations are important. But kind of getting to that end factor, that new factor, um, what what do you kind of do in order to kind of get your mind around the the implications of what some of these companies are doing, how they're impacting the health uh, the healthcare area, and and what prospects they have, and what risks are involved with. Okay, look, if you've got this great idea, but if if, if the clinical trials don't go the way you want, and these can be very years long processes, um, gosh, how much how much wasted time is there, and how quickly do you have to change those valuations? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, listen, the the biotech. Uh, the, there's, uh, you know, sometimes I I'm just incapable of fully understanding, you know, what a company that I'm looking at is is doing. I will go to their website, and uh, I find that you know the really quality biotech companies are going to tell a very good uh, story on their on their website. They're going to have a, a very clear investor relations section. They're going to have a very clear pipeline uh, sec section where they show what what drugs are in what stages of uh, of development. And so I really do get a lot of my uh, a lot of my information from the from the from the company's uh, website to, to start. You mentioned Allison Gatlin, uh, who does a, a great job uh, covering the, the biotech uh, industry for us, and uh, you know she also, like you said, does a very good job of breaking down complicated uh, you know subjects uh, you know to, to, to layman's uh, terms. But I think when when it comes to a biotech, you know Arusha Arusha mentioned you know you you want to avoid those that are talking talking a good uh, story. They don't have any revenue. They don't have any earnings. Uh, fund sponsorship is still very, very light. Uh, you want to focus on, on the stocks that you know, are showing nice increases in fund ownership, uh, for example. Uh, I don't mind uh, buying an unprofitable uh, biotech as long as there's meaningful revenue growth. And that's uh, one of the stocks I'm going to talk about. You know, isn't profitable, but it, it, it's showing really, really strong uh, revenue growth in recent quarters, good fund sponsorship. Uh, so these are some of the things uh, to, to look at. I would avoid the the super speculative ones. Look at the higher priced uh, stocks uh, in the group, and don't think that you know buying a biotech stock at, at a dollar, uh, thinking that you're going to make fifty percent on your money if the stock goes up fifty cents. Uh, you know that's uh, that's going to most likely be a long road. So uh, look at the higher price names in the group. Look at those that are seeing rising fund ownership, and then uh, look at those that are um, you know that at least have earnings and sales, or at the very least, uh, good revenue growth. Yeah, and especially in markets like this, uh, you become a lot more appreciative of stocks that are institutionally owned. Mm -hmm. um, at least they'll have so, so, some of these stocks that have a lot of funds. They're going to come down just a little bit nicer than than some of the others that really so, somehow one day they can start cratering. 
Yeah, and you you have to know the the trading uh, trading personality too of uh, of uh, some of these uh, biotech uh, stocks. You know, some are are just prone to to volatile price swings, and uh, but then again, some of the the higher priced uh, institutional quality stocks tend to you know trade in in more orderly uh, uh, fashion. So it's always uh, you know it's a big group, um, but you know sorting the group by composite rating, uh, you know, it, it just gives you a good idea of who some of the companies that are executing in the biotech space are, and uh, there are really no, uh, no shortage of, of candidates. Uh, biotech stocks, uh, you know, uh, frequently find a home in the, uh, in the MarketSmith uh, Growth 250. You'll find them in the, uh, in the IBD 50 as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's worth mentioning that in terms of, uh, you know, Bill O'Neill, who the, was the founder of Investors Business Daily, um, I remember, you know, as, as I was working with him, uh, you know, in 2000, uh, 99, 2000, um, you know, I was, I was very, you know, very picky about my Canslim stocks. I had read the book and I, I noticed that he was getting into some of the, of the medical, you know, stock areas, um, healthcare areas, and they didn't have earnings. And, you know, so it was one of those things I asked him about specifically at that time, it was really the human genome project. So you had, um, gosh, I don't even remember what the name of the company was. HGSI was the ticker symbol. Um, but they were working on the human genome project, uh, uh, Watson, uh, of Watson and Crick fame, you know, Nobel prize winner was, was heavily involved. Um, and, you know, I remember him saying, look, you know, uh, with with some of these, you know, with some of these companies, they might not have the earnings, but the new uh, is just so compelling uh, that he was he was willing to give those a shot. And he's he's had a number of medical stocks over the years. That I mean, Amgen was was one of those that uh, is kind of a of a storied fame. Uh, you know, back in you know uh, back in the '90s, um, you know, when when they had a product that was just you know, phenomenal in terms of what it was doing for chemotherapy and, and cancer patients, uh, you know, less, um, less damage to their, their white, uh, white blood cell counts. Um, and then of course the, the one that kind of started him on his road, his pathway to business was Syntex, uh, way back in, uh, 1963. Uh, of course they, they did the birth control pill, um, one of the makers of the birth control pill. So, uh, medical yeah, has been one of those areas that kept on coming up. Yeah, well, and the new, the new, as you know, uh, was, was very important to Bill. And I don't know if you wanted to, you know, kind of categorize all the the different letters of of Can Slim, but I'd have to put the N right up mm -hmm. there near the near the top because, uh, um, you know, anytime I used to go into uh, his office and, and talk about individual stocks, the first uh, the first thing out of his mouth was what what's new, what's what's new going on at the company. So, again, the biotech uh, group is uh, is a great place to find uh, new. You just want to make sure you're focusing on the quality names and uh, you know uh, focusing on those that are you know generating meaningful earnings and revenue. And if not uh, earnings, they're generating meaningful revenue that is eventually going to make its way to the to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the stocks that are in this area. And uh, Ken's going to give us his take and analysis. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Tesla. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, along with Arusha Pires, a portfolio manager over at O'Neill Global Advisors, who joins me uh, pretty much every week. Uh, 
much to my dismay sometimes, but usually my pleasure. Uh, <laughs> and, I think uh, I've only missed us... one episode in the last. I know. I, I, I've missed but, as many as you have. Not, but, but you're uh, just harping on But when you do, it's... I, I miss you so much when whenever you're not here. So. Um, and of course, uh, joining us this week is Ken Shreve, uh, someone that I get to see on a regular basis uh, on IBD Live. And gosh, we're we're on Zoom uh, daily chatting with each other. So even though he's in the office and I'm I'm at home, uh, I feel like I I don't I don't miss you at all. I get to see you all the time. <laughs> likewise, <laughs> so, likewise, I'm sure. Yeah. So Ken Shreve, of course, is uh, one of the senior markets writers at Investors Business Daily and one of the co-managers of the Leaderboard product. Um, so before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, the, the medical area, the healthcare area. Uh, we, were, we were spending you know, a bit of time on the biomed biotech in particular, but maybe uh, we start this segment off with the medical products. And if, if you're on MarketSmith, you can pull up this chart uh, by by typing in the code, you know every every industry group has a code. So in this case, it's G two eight three one, and this kind of shows you what the medical products uh, industry group looks like of the one hundred ninety seven industry groups. And uh, this is number ten. So uh, talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing on this chart here, Ken. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 interesting to look at industry group uh, charts. It's not it's not paramount in my in my stock uh, research, but um, you know, when I look at the medical products group, which you know, as we said, ranks uh, pretty high up in our uh, 197 industry group rankings. Uh, when I look at how this group has moved uh, since the end of last year, first of all, in the weekly chart, I'm seeing a lot of big blue volume spikes on the, on the weekly chart. So it definitely looks like there it's, it's a group where, you know, money is, is moving in here. So uh, all those big above average volume weekly, uh, weekly bars uh, points to a, a group that to, to me is most likely filled with, with, with some strong uh, stock. So uh, we want to start with uh, Inspire Medical, INSP. All right. Let's take a look at an Inspire. So you're talking about uh, a company that has the new in in spades here. I don't know if you see these uh, commercials on on TV on TV that people suffering from obstructive uh, uh, or sleep apnea, mm -hmm. and uh, they have to wear this very cumbersome headgear, you know, to mm -hmm. to 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 deal with this. Um, uh, affliction and what Inspire uh, has come out with is basically an implantable device, minimally invasive. It's inserted just under the the clavicle, basically monitors patients' uh, uh, breathing at night, and sends nerve stimulation. Uh, to open the airway when breathing becomes uh, difficult. So there's this little remote that you put on the side of your bed. You turn it on before you go to sleep, and then when you get up, you turn it off. But if you're having uh, issues uh, at night, uh, Inspire Medical's um, uh, product, uh, you know, does does a, does a good job. So um, here's a, a, an example of a company that is not profitable, but here you've got really big revenue growth. Um, you can see over the past... Uh, several quarters. I mean, 70% minimum growth over the past uh, six quarters. So uh, this company's uh, product is being, you know, widely adapted. It's uh, still in the early stages of, of being uh, adopted. Uh, so it's still a, still a compelling uh, growth story here. If we go to the daily chart for uh, Inspire, 
I like how this uh, kind of came up through the the 50-day moving average uh, with some volume. And again, look at the look at the volume spikes on the uh, on the daily chart here. Still looks to me like a stock that's uh, under accumulation. Now you've got earnings uh, coming out next week, I think, but uh, wouldn't be surprised to see strong uh, results here. I think it's in a in a reasonably good uh, technical setup. So it's an earnings report I'll I'll, I'll keep an eye on uh, next week and. Uh, We'll see how it responds to earnings, but uh, there's enough here. Um, you know, the the fund sponsorship uh, that we haven't talked about is also uh, quite uh, quite quite good. It's been uh, increasing, and um, I think we've got several of uh, uh, funds in the mutual fund index that uh, own shares uh, as well. So I would I would call this uh, you know pretty close to. A, a or A plus uh, fund sponsorship. So um, checks a lot of boxes here. And I think it's a stock that has uh, potential. We'll see what the earnings report looks like next week. Yeah, what, what's uh, what, what's interesting about this also, it, it is forming a, a pretty constructive cup uh, right near all time highs. So if it gets through that earnings report, maybe it has a powerful breakout and, and into all time highs. So that would be a pretty significant uh, move right there. I mean, this is almost what a, a year long, a year and a half long type of base right there. Oh, and, and then the relative strength line hitting new highs. So it seems like everything's set up now. They just have to come through with the earnings. Yeah, you know, when David Ryan is on uh, IBD Live, he comes on uh, once a week and he often likes to talk about kind of big, big, long uh, bases. So that's a good point, yep. uh, Arusha. Uh, this is a, a big, long uh, consolidation and, uh, you know, the monthly monthly chart looks good. And uh, again, this uh, this company's product has been uh, has been uh, adapted uh, quite, quite nicely. But as far as I can tell, there's uh, still plenty plenty more uh, expansion here and uh, so I think it's it's one uh, worth uh, worth watching again it's not profitable but you know it definitely checks boxes in terms of uh, revenue growth it checks boxes in terms of uh, uh, fund ownership and uh, you know it's in a good technical setup as well yeah a, a few other things that I find interesting about this uh, you know it's it's a pretty pretty recent IPO. The IPO was back in 2018, and I know that that was another thing that uh, was kind of uh, checking off a new box. You know, those those new issues, and uh, a lot of times we would look at things that were within the last eight years. So this definitely qualifies in that regard, and certainly it's it's one of those uh, afflictions that I mean, there's there's a pretty a pretty wide market here. I mean, I th I think I was reading something where a billion people. That's B with a, yeah, a billion with a wow. B, uh, a billion people worldwide uh, do have, uh, you know, that, that obstructive sleep apnea. Um, mm -hmm. So, and, and, and certainly, I mean, uh, ResMed was one that we were talking about for quite a while. Um, you know, they make those CPAP masks, RMD um, is the, is the ticker symbol there. And certainly, I mean, if you get, if you get something where it's, a little less, uh, a little less uh, onerous to use. I mean, that's uh, that's certainly going to help improve. Yeah, this is a, it's a minimally invasive uh, procedure, and it, it takes a couple of hours. You're kind of in in the morning and out in the afternoon, and uh, and uh, so it, it it just seems it seems quite uh, quite compelling. And if you've seen, you know, the the headgear that a lot of people have to have to wear, it just seems like this is uh, this is a new a new treatment for for sleep apnea that uh, again is really really uh, company is proving uh, through that huge, huge revenue growth that um, it, uh, I think it's got something here. Yeah, very good. Uh, what else you got for us there, Ken? Well, also in the medical products group, I think it makes sense to take a look at uh, Dexcom. 
mm-hmm. DXCM, uh, and uh, you know another another stock here that uh, is kind of coming off a pretty sharp sell-off when it you know corrected down close to seventy dollars a share. It's been uh, rallying back up, and it's in the kind of this long sideways uh, consolidation. So we're going to hear from uh, Dexcom pretty soon. But this is a uh, this is a company that has uh, the last two times it's reported. So. Uh, third quarter results and fourth quarter results, the stock really uh, shot higher. So um, not saying it's going to happen uh, this this time along, but Dexcom does uh, continuous uh, glu- glucose uh, monitoring for, uh, for diabetics. And uh, again, a positive response to earnings. Uh, the last two last two earnings reports. Uh, this company is not showing the the, the uh, growth that Inspire Medical is, but still showing double digit uh, top line uh, top line growth. And you got pretty good earnings estimates too for for Dexcom. You talk about a, a sleep apnea being a, a big market for Inspire, <laughs> and you know obviously diabetes is uh, is a is a big big. Um, big problem in in the u.s it's a one or one or one out of two americans are are pre-diabetic i think i heard something like that oh, they don't have diabetes but they're you know possibly on pace to to get it so uh-huh. uh demographics uh look good here so again wouldn't be surprised to see uh you know strong numbers from dexcom and it's in a a, a good setup here so earnings uh, tomorrow we'll see what the results uh, we'll see what the results look like mm-hmm yeah, and a lot of um, institutional sponsorship right here too, right? So, uh, and it looks like Contra Fund slowly start starting to increase their position over the last couple of quarters. Yeah, so the sponsorship uh, block in MarketSmith is uh, is excellent. I always, uh, if there aren't funds in the IBD Mutual Fund Index that that don't own a stock, that's not a deal breaker for me. But at least with Inspire and Dexcom, you got uh, you know really really healthy uh, fund ownership. And uh, look at Dexcom. I mean, it's got more than you know two thousand funds that are uh, in this stock, and Inspire. Uh, was well below that. So think of, you know, Inspire's uh, fund ownership at the end of the first quarter, yeah, about 656. So um, Inspire is a stock that I still think could be could be discovered by more more mutual funds. Uh, mm-hmm. Dexcom, you know, it's uh, not maybe not over-owned, but, uh, you know, a lot of funds are, are in this. And uh, again, the technical setup uh, looks looks pretty strong here. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say overowned because I was going to ask you like is is there a level at which you start saying well gosh you know what this is this is no longer uh, as as new the institutions have already kicked the tires on this they've already kind of uh, bought into the idea and all of the ones that have bought are probably in there um, so th- is there ever that fear I mean. Arusha pointed out rightly so that, I mean, Fidelity is still, I mean, they're increasing their position. So just because they have a position doesn't mean they can't increase it. But is there ever a concern when you've got something with so much institutional sponsorship that uh, is there a level of when that becomes too much? Yeah, I mean, not not really, because in, in, in if I'm dealing with a stock that that has, you know, 1500 2000 funds or more that that, that own it I, i'm i'm going to make sure that uh you know there's something new uh going mm-hmm. on that the fundamentals are there that the growth prospects are there and uh, and the technicals are there so uh and i think with with dexcom you have uh you have all that the the rate of sales has uh, has declined uh from say what it was a year or two ago uh, but the company's still delivering strong uh top line growth and uh, again those annual estimates uh, i think still point to a compelling uh, growth story so 
with uh, the fact that 2,500 uh, funds uh, own the stock, it, uh, I don't. I don't think because of that reason, Dexcom is going to have a hard time making headway. If the numbers are, if the numbers are good and the outlook is good, uh, you know, this this could uh, deliver a nice breakout. We'll see. Yeah, and and one thing about you know these these product companies. I mean, sometimes it's not just about the product they have now, but there's updates, right? You know, I think what is Dexcom on the G G7 now or mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. something? You know, so they they are continually updating and getting um, better and better technology that is you know easier to use or more effective, and um, you know that that certainly can add to that revenue potential sure. and earnings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are other uh, you know P PODD is another uh, is another company mm -hmm. in the diabetes uh, space. But when you look at uh, and this one's still still hanging in there and fighting a fighting a good fight. It's uh, you know above its uh, its ten week moving average. So uh, you know you look at the medical products group and there's you know a bunch of high relative strength stocks. But I think uh, in the diabetes group, Dexcom is probably uh, uh, is probably your leader. Uh, pod is uh, you know right up there, but um, so we'll see uh, earnings uh, earnings tomorrow, and uh, you know wouldn't be surprised like I said to see a good quarter. And I think uh, those work you know kind of hand in hand, right? One does the monitoring, the other one does the does the infusion part, you know. So exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, kind of a one-two punch there. Um, what, what else you got? I, I know that uh, outside of the medical products, you were also looking at like ITCI. Uh, yeah, let's take a look at ITCI in the in the biotech uh, biotech uh, group. This is uh, a stock. Let's go to the daily chart. And you see there was a really bullish uh, gap up, and this is uh, when the company reported some late stage. Uh, uh, trial results of of its only approved uh, its only marketed drug right now is uh, a drug called uh, Caplita, which is uh, used to treat bipolar uh, depression. Now they released uh, late stage results of a trial that they did with Caplita, uh, where there's a possibility there's going to be an expanded uh, label uh, for the for this drug. But you can see uh, intracellular is another uh, non-profitable biotech, but you've got the triple digit revenue growth, uh, that 87.9 million in revenue that they did at the end of uh, uh, at the end of the fourth quarter was all uh, Caplita, the, the bipolar uh, depression drug. So uh, the way the stock has traded since uh, the gap up has been uh, pretty compelling. I'll, again, a lot of higher volume uh, gains here. So not surprising to see an accumulation distribution rating of A minus. And uh, you know we're getting in kind of kind of choppy market conditions here, but uh, this whole time you know ITCI is uh, kind of testing its uh, ten-day moving average. It's been uh, drifting lower and, and mostly uh, light volume. And then we go to the weekly chart. Looks to me like it's it's forming uh, the pattern recognition is is recognizing a little bit of a, a handle here. So it's. Um, you know, it's a bit of an awkward looking uh, consolidation on, on the weekly chart. But again, I'm just kind of looking at that phase uh, phase three trial news that they had several weeks ago. Uh, here it is right at the top of a long uh, consolidation. And um, I like the like the revenue growth. And here again, a company that is, uh, you know, showing pretty good, uh, pretty good fund ownership. Yeah, and, and also you know, one of the, the blue dot, right? Yeah. Relative strength fund hanging new high while it's building a base. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know, one of the things we didn't mention on the other two, but uh, it really just sticks out to me here: the the R and D research and development, fifty three point uh, eight percent on this one. I mean, you usually expect a high high R and D numbers uh, from from a lot of these 
uh, innovative companies in in the in the biotech field. But man, fifty three percent that's uh, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and so you can kind of forgive uh, forgive the company for not being uh, profitable because they're plowing a lot of that uh, you know revenue into 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 research and and development. So uh, this company is making a great uh, great uh, inroads and in, uh, treatments for the uh, neurological psychiatric dis mm -hmm. disorder. So uh, I think that the, the the pipeline looks very good here and uh, like the revenue growth, like the fund ownership. And it's a stock that is, uh, you know, saying uh, I, I should be looked at here. Mm -hmm. Now, another stock that is uh, kind of in the uh, systems equipment area. Uh, this has been around for a while, Intuitive Surgical, ISRG. Uh, but their last earnings report, I mean, they got a they got a nice jump off of that, and uh, you know, gapped up above a base, and seems seems to be tightening up here. What what's your take on this? And uh, are they doing something new, uh, or what's what's kind of got the attention of people? Well, they, I mean, they've got some some new uh, new going on. I think what is uh, what is most interesting is that they have this uh, kind of re relatively new machine called the uh, Ion uh, Endoluminal System, and what they can do there is they can go in and uh, it's a, a perform a minimally invasive biopsy on the lung to detect early lung cancer. So, this is another product uh, that. Uh, ISRG has, again, it's called the Ion Endoluminal System uh, that can detect uh, early lung cancer. Now, this company made its name uh, from the Da Vinci uh, mm -hmm. robotic uh, surgical system. Uh, three out of four prostate surgeries uh, are done using the Da Vinci uh, system. So it's still, uh, it's, it's still a, you know, a, a very popular uh, surgery, surgery for the uh, uh, Da Vinci system. Uh, the gap up on earnings, anytime a stock gaps up uh, like Intuitive Surgical did and starts uh, holding gains and, and trading sideways uh, means that the stock should be watched. Uh, so I'm I'm watching it, had a chance to look at their uh, the earnings report, their um, their procedures were up uh, much more than uh, than expected. Again, they're kind of coming out of COVID, so more people getting these uh, elective procedures done. Uh, they're expecting procedure group to, uh, procedure growth to kind of fall back to the mean of 18 to, to 20 percent uh, thereabouts. But, uh, you know, the company showed that uh, there's still a pretty strong uh, demand here. The, the revenue growth uh, up 14 percent, not huge growth, but it was a nice acceleration from what they did in the in the fourth quarter. And again, the fact that the stock is uh, holding holding gains here after after the gap up tells me that it's possible we could see a, a, a new entry. It could just buy time underneath the, the 300 level here if uh, the market uptrend can gain uh, traction. Action, you know, you could see a new entry here, but uh, just like the the quality of the gap up on earnings and uh, the way it's been uh, digesting uh, gains, including uh, today, it tried to come down to the to ten day moving average, and on a tough day for the market, it closed up near its high. So there still seem to be buyers around here supporting uh, supporting the stock, uh, but you know, good earnings report, nice acceleration in uh, in revenue and uh, flat earnings uh, this year, and then eighteen growth, eighteen percent growth expected uh, next year. So it's an older company; they've been uh, they've been around uh, for a while, and arguably mm -hmm. maybe past their their best days uh, of growth. But you know, really solid uh, large cap name, and uh, you can see that that monthly chart having a good month, uh, you know, so far. So. Um, I think uh, technically it uh, it is setting up uh, nicely here after that gap up. 
yeah, it was uh, really 2004 where this kind of captured people's attention uh, again with that Da Vinci robotic system. But uh, as you mentioned, it's it's not you know didn't have a two Chevy 2017 and and beyond there, and uh, we'll see if it can maybe have another go at it. So yeah, this uh, is a, a, not a stock that is going to you know return three or four times the S and P 500. Maybe back in 2004 when this thing was really moving, it was uh, you know. Uh, giving giving huge returns so it's it's a more mature company but um you know they're they're still they're still executing well and i think that latest uh, earnings report was uh, you know proved that and uh you know showing strength and support after that gap up so i uh, like the way it's trading mm -hmm. well thanks a lot for those ideas and for the overview of the healthcare sector and where it stands right now ken really appreciate it thanks for coming on thanks guys so it's good to talk to you okay and uh, that'll wrap it up for us this week. Next week, we're going to have Ed Carson on. So I feel like uh, we're kind of doing the quarter century club. We had Dave Dave Chung on. We had Ken Shrevon. And Ed, Ed Carson, of course, is also a member of that quarter century club at Investors Business Daily. Uh, he's our news editor. And so it'll be good to talk to him and get his take on what's happening in the market and some of the, some of the things he's looking at. So thanks for tuning in this week. Hope to see you next week. Take care. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.